0: If God is so good, why would He burn people eternally in hell? Is this really true, or does the Bible say something different? Does the Bible teach about a time where every question that you have, especially about God's character, will be answered fully? The answers may be shocking. My name is Kami Utman, and this is Unlocking Bible Prophecies. The rise of an international pandemic, polarizing global politics, mismanagement and corruption, increasingly destructive natural disasters. The bushfires in Australia are a warning of what may be to come around the world. What does it all mean? What does the future hold? Join international speaker Cami Udman on a journey for answers in unlocking Bible prophecies. In her travels around the world, she's come face-to-face with real-life struggles, but in the midst of them, she's found miracles of hope. Join Kami Utman for Unlocking Bible Prophecies as she shares how Bible prophecy is being fulfilled faster than ever before. Welcome to Unlocking Bible Prophecies, where we have been on a most exciting exploration of the Bible. In yesterday's presentation, we discovered with real clarity that the greatest rescue mission of all time is Christ's second coming. The Bible clearly teaches that it certainly is no secret at all, but it will be a visible, audible climactic, glorious return. I'm so looking forward to that day. I hope you are too, friend. There is much curiosity about the topics of judgment, hell, and the millennium. Would you be shocked to know that most Christians' concept of hell originated in Greek mythology and has nothing to do with the teaching of the Bible? For every Bible truth, Satan has his counterfeit. I am so excited about how many of you are active in the chat. In fact, right now, why don't you share with us how many episodes of Unlocking Bible Prophecies you have watched? Tonight is number nine. So put a number in the chat and let us know. Our live online Bible instructors have given me wonderful reports of the excellent questions you have been asking. I am so encouraged by all of you who have joined our online Bible school if you would like to click below, also remember, you can watch all previous presentations at awr.org Bible. Let's pray together and get right into the desolation. Heavenly Father, King of the universe, King of our hearts, Lord, empty me of self, fill me with your Holy Spirit, we just adore you, Lord, and we want to know your word. And we know that you adore us because of the sacrifice of your son, Jesus. Thank you, thank you for loving us so much that you made a way to save us. In Jesus' precious, powerful name, amen. Let me tell you about Tisa Lavo. My film crew and I traveled to the dangerous red zones of Madagascar to document Tisa Lavo's shocking life. And if you like, you can watch the full story on awr.org. Tisa Lavo had lived a terrible life of unspeakable crimes, murdering more than 10 people. He took refuge hiding in the forest like an animal. His family had rejected him, and he had nowhere to go. Like the prodigal son, he decided there was nothing to lose and ventured out of the forest and found a Seventh-day Adventist church. An elder there assured him that he was always welcome and promised to pray for him. Now, for fear of being caught by the police, Tisalava ran back into the forest, but this time he took a small radio with him. This was his only connection to the outside world, and he listened eagerly. He tuned the channel to Avenus World Radio and found a hope like he'd never known before. The words stirred his soul and he began to fall in love with God who would forgive a sinner like him. Excited about his new friend Jesus, Tisalavo began inviting other criminals that were also hiding out in the woods to listen with him. Convinced of their salvation through Christ, T. Salavo and 15 other criminals walked out of the forest seeking baptism into the Adventist Church. Today, T. Salavo lives a free life in Jesus. He was a murderer and a criminal, but today he leads others to know Bible truth. He's experienced the total transformation of God's Word, the same information we are studying together during this series. Friends, We are living in the last days of Earth's history. Life as we know it is nearly ended. This world is tottering, ready to fall, with all the violence and riots we're seeing right now today around the globe. What will come after? Soon Jesus will return. And we learn from the Bible we only have one period, one period of probation, and that is now, during our present life. What does the Bible say happens after the second coming of Christ when the righteous have been taken to heaven and those that did not choose to follow God are dead upon the earth? In Revelation, it talks about a 1,000-year period, otherwise known as the millennium. Together we will see the simple Bible truth about the millennium and the events that mark its beginning and end. Jesus exclaims in Revelation 22, 7, Look, I am coming soon. Blessed are those who obey the words of prophecy written in this book. God does not desire us to be ignorant, friends. He made sure His word was written and preserved so that anyone can understand if they want to. When studying prophecy, the Bible is its own interpreter. It provides its own definitions for the symbols it uses. We do not need to guess. We must not ignore parts of the Bible that do not suit us or discard portions of the Bible as not applicable or add our own words to it. You see, God's Word never changes. Both the Old and New Testaments are key. They go together because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let's review our theme together. If it's in the Bible, I believe it. And if it disagrees with the Bible, it's not for me. Revelation chapter 20 states that a mighty angel is going to bind Satan with a great chain and cast him into the bottomless pit for a 1,000 years. Satan resents the fact that this damaging information about his future has been made public knowledge in Scripture. Unfortunately today, the popular teachings about the 1,000 years is not factual. It suspiciously sounds like something Satan might invent a counterfeit, to trap and deceive people. The devil is not playing games, friends. He does this to strengthen his own position as the leader of those who choose to rebel against God. Satan has one goal, your destruction. Our only safety is in staying in God's word. The Bible exposes the devil's snares. So let's find out tonight what happens after the second coming. Revelation 20, Verses four and six. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Amen. Christ comes, the righteous are resurrected and rise to meet Jesus in the air. We go to heaven marking the beginning of the thousand year period. I want to be in that group, don't you? Jesus also speaks of the second resurrection when the wicked will be raised from sleeping in their graves. John 5, 28, 29. Marvel not at this for the hour is coming in which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice and shall come forth that they have done good unto the resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. In Revelation 20, verse five, we can see when this occurs. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years are finished. The wicked dead remain in their graves until after the millennium. This is an important fact. The millennium is the time between the first and the second resurrections. A great event takes place at the first resurrection, the second coming of Jesus. We are told in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Jesus comes to rescue his people who have loved and followed his ways. The saints who have been raised from the grave and the saints who are alive to see Jesus' return, are instantly given perfect, immortal bodies. I can't wait. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty one 51-52 Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, meaning indestructible, and we shall be changed. 2 Thessalonians 2 verse eight tells us what happens to the wicked when Jesus returns. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. Revelation 20 verse five, but the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. The wicked from all ages remain dead on earth till the 1,000 years are finished. Let's review how the Bible lays out the events which begin the 1,000 years. First, the second coming of Jesus for His saints, where the righteous dead are then resurrected and the righteous living are changed to immortal. All the righteous are caught up into the clouds to meet Jesus in the air, finally on their way to heaven. The wicked have been slain by the Lord's coming and the wicked dead remain dead. Satan is then bound to wander the desolate earth. Here's Jeremiah's description of what he saw in vision on earth just after the coming of Jesus. Jeremiah 25, 33. And at that day, the slain of the Lord shall be from one end of the earth To even the other end of the earth. They shall not be lamented or gathered or buried. They shall become refuse on the ground. Here Jeremiah sees dead bodies covering the earth. None were being buried and no one was crying. The reason is simple there was no one left alive to mourn or conduct a funeral, because during the thousand years, the righteous are all in heaven and the wicked are all dead. Some have taught that there will be a second chance during the thousand years, but this text states clearly that there is no second chance. All the lost remain dead during the thousand years. Dead bodies cover the face of the earth with no one left to grieve over them. Jeremiah 4, 23, 25 gives us even more details about the conditions of the earth during the millennium. Verse 23, I beheld the earth, and indeed it was without form and void, and the heavens they had no light. Verse 25, I beheld, and indeed there was no man, and all the birds of the heavens had fled. Now let's look in Isaiah 24, verses 3 and 19. The land shall be entirely emptied and utterly plundered, for the Lord has spoken this word. Verse 19, the earth is violently broken. The earth is split open. The earth is shaking, shaken exceedingly. These verses paint a vivid picture of desolation upon this earth. The Bible describes a bottomless pit that the devil is bound in for a thousand years. Revelation 20 verses 1 through 3, Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold of the dragon. Now, who's the dragon? The serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And he cast him into the bottomless pit, and he shut him up and set a seal on him. Comparing these scriptures, we can see that the bottomless pit is the earth torn up from all the chaos. There is total darkness with no people left alive. The dragon, Satan, is bound. Revelation 20, verse three, so that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. Mm. But after these things, he must be released for a little while. This is a time when Satan will remember his evil deeds and view all the results. Literally chaining him in a pit would not prevent his evil work, but taking away all the people would. He can no longer tempt and deceive anyone because the wicked are dead on earth and the righteous are in heaven. Satan is all alone. The chain that binds him to earth is not a metal chain, but a chain of circumstances. Now let's look at what the righteous will be doing in heaven during the millennium. Participating in the judgment. Revelation 20 verse 4. And I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received the mark, his mark on their foreheads or on their hands. This mark is tomorrow night's topic. Don't miss it. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. This judgment in which the saints participate takes place in heaven during the millennium. Let's look at a few points regarding what the judgment actually is and isn't. First, this judgment does not pertain to the righteous saved. Judgment for all the saved takes place prior to Christ's second coming. We see that in Revelation 22, verse 12. And behold, I am coming quickly, Jesus says, and my reward is with me, to give to everyone according to his work. You see, Jesus brings the reward of eternal life to those who have already been judged and determined as loyal followers of Christ. Secondly, This judgment concerns only the wicked who are dead during the millennia. Revelation 20 verse 12 says, And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books those in heaven will see all the details of those who were lost and why. Thirdly, this judgment decides the degree of punishment for all the lost, including Satan and his angels, and clarifies why some we love are not in heaven. Lastly, the purpose of this judgment settles the devastating problem of sin forever. Both humans and angels understand and openly confess that God has been loving, fair, and honest the whole time. Finally, his character will be vindicated. The judgment in its many faces, clarifies this for both humans and angels. All of our questions are thoroughly answered. God already understands everything fully. The judgment is not for his benefit, but for ours. He is so gracious. Let's review conditions and events during the thousand years. Saints participate in the judgment of the wicked in heaven while the earth is in devastation, in devastation and total darkness and there are no people alive on earth, while Satan and his angels are forced to remain on earth as he is bound. Regarding the, clo- the close of the thousand years, John writes in Revelation 21, verse 2, Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Now, if you missed last night's presentation, The Rescue, we studied Revelation 21 with its glimpse of the holy city's description. Magnificent. Did you know that the Bible even tells us where the holy city will be located on earth after the millennium? Zechariah 14, verse 4, and in that day, his, meaning Jesus, feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, which faces Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall be split in two from east to west, making a very large valley. Half of the mountain shall move toward the north and half of it towards the south. Wow, friends, my video crew and I were recently filming on the Mount of Olives, and to think that that's where the holy city will ultimately reside. As the Lord stands on the Mount of Olives, the mountain will spread out to make a great plain as a base for the holy city. Notice when Jesus comes a third time at the end of the thousand years, it is with his saints. Zechariah 14, verse 5, Thus the Lord my God will come and all the saints with you. Whereas at his second coming, when the thousand years begin, Jesus comes for his saints. Continuing in Revelation 20, verse 7. Now when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison. Remember that the resurrection of the wicked takes place at the close of the thousand years. Revelation 20, verse five, but the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This final resurrection of all the wicked is when Satan is released from his quarantine, a long quarantine, released from his chain of circumstances and again deceives people, convincing them to attack the holy city and pull God off his throne. During this time, Satan shows He has not had any change of heart. Revelation 20 verse 8 says that he will go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, whose number is as the sand of the sea. Satan and his followers attempt to capture the holy city in Revelation 20 verse 9. They went up on the breadth of the earth and s- surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. Where must my name be written if I am to escape the fire? Revelation 20 verse 15 tells us, And anyone not found written in the book of life will, was cast into the lake of fire. Friends, we want our names in the book of life. What does it take to be in the book of life? In order for our names to be found there, we must have a personal relationship with Jesus and ask him to forgive us of our sins so that we may enter the new Jerusalem. Here are biblical events at the end of the thousand years. Jesus returns to earth with his saints. The holy city descends on Mount of Olives. The wicked are then raised from their graves on earth. Satan is unbound from his chain of circumstances and convinces the wicked to make war on the holy city. They attack the holy city. At that moment, fire from heaven destroys all attackers. Then the fire purifies earth and then goes out. God creates new heaven and new earth. God sets up His new kingdom on this earth at that time to be with those that love Him. Many teach that there will be an opportunity to repent during the thousand years. Some call it a second chance. Others claim that it will be a first chance or opportunity given to those who have never heard the plan of salvation. But according to scripture, that is impossible. Matthew 24, verses 37 to 39, compares Christ's second coming to Noah and the time of the flood. We know they did not receive a second chance to get into the ark of safety. Let's look. Verse 37, But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know Until the flood came and took them all away, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. No, there was no second opportunity. The door to life had closed. Those that rejected God's invitation into the ark of safety were swept away and died in the flood. The millennium will not be a thousand years of glory and peace here on earth, friends. It will not be an age of technological progress or a second chance for the wicked. All mankind will not be converted before it, during it, or after it. And neither Christ nor His redeemed ones will be on the earth during the thousand years. The truth is that Jesus will not return to this earth until all have heard his wonderful offer of salvation. Each person will either decide for it or against it. Matthew 24, 14, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Right now, tonight, you, are a part of this prophecy fulfilling. This gospel message is being streamed in every time zone around the world. God is doing something spectacular. Now, why does God resurrect the lost only to destroy them? The lost need to personally appear before the judgment seat of God. Each need to see the evidence in heaven's books that record the reason they are outside the holy city. With the facts before them, they will acknowledge God is righteous and true in all his judgments. Romans 14, 10 to 12 says, But why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, Every, Every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us shall give account of himself to God. Revelation 19, 2. For true and righteous are his judgments, because he has judged the great harlot who corrupted the earth with her fornication, and he has avenged her, the blood of his servants shed by her. You don't want to miss our upcoming presentation, The Harlot the saved will witness that even when their lost loved ones see the evidence of God's existence and power right before them, they still choose to rebel against Him. There is nothing more that can be done to save them. This second resurrection allows the universe to see just how far Satan and sinners will go. With full knowledge that God sits on the throne, the wicked still seek to destroy him and all his followers. It is obvious to all, if the lost are allowed to live, they will jeopardize life itself. With this final demonstration, God is merciful and just to destroy Satan and sinners. Now the redeemed and the rest of the universe will be forever secure. As God promises in Nahum 1 verse 9, affliction will not rise up a second time. Amen? The fire from God will consume all sin, thereby cleansing the earth. Let's take some time to see what the Bible says about this fire, commonly referred to as hell. In most graphic language, the Bible repeatedly refers to this lake of fire and the punishment of the unsaved. In Revelation, Jesus mentions the lake of fire 15 times, so John will know that the fire is not a fable, but necessary to wipe out sin forever. Many people have been shocked to read that the unsaved will be tormented day and night forever and ever in Revelation 20:10, because such words fill the mind with daunting questions about God's mercy and justice. Are the wicked punished forever, regardless of the severity or number of their sins? Does a sinner who died 3,000 years ago receive 3,000 more years of punishment than the one who dies today and is lost for the same exact sin? How can God permanently get out, uh, rid of sin if sinners are kept alive, tormented somewhere, forever burning and screaming in a fire? When will the wicked be punished in the fire? 2 Peter 2 verse 9. Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. When is the judgment day? John 12, verse 48. The same shall judge him in the last day. Matthew thirteen forty to 42 mentions in the end of the world. We would not think of sending a person to prison until he was tried or judged. Neither will God punish uh, His people till they face Him in the final judgment before His throne at the end of the world. But if the wicked dead are already writhing in the flames of hell today, what need is there for a future judgment then? Since the wicked are not to be punished in hell until the judgment day at the end of the world, how many souls are in hell right now? Not even one. All wicked dead are in their graves now, awaiting the resurrection of damnation at the close of the thousand years. In my presentation titled The Grave, we read in the Bible that death is called sleep at least 50 times, like in Daniel 12, verse 2. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Psalms one hundred and four twenty nine. Take away their breath, they die, and return to dust. And Ecclesiastes 9 verse 5, The dead know not anything. There is no soul that floats up to heaven or is shoved into the flames of hell. No, since the wicked do not go into hell fire at death, where do they go? Job 21, 30 and 32. The wicked are reserved to the day of destruction. They shall be brought forth to the day of wrath, yet shall he be brought to the grave and shall remain in the tomb. Note that the righteous and wicked receive different rewards. Romans 6, 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The righteous receive eternal life whereas the wicked receive death. But the reward of the wicked is not eternal torment. They receive the eternal finality of death where there is no resurrection. According to God's word, the wages of sin is not burning in flames of hell fire for eternity. It is permanent extinction. The difference in the first and second death is that there is no resurrection from the second death. It is final. The fire comes from above to devour the wicked on earth and not from the popular idea that there is a smoldering hell fire below somewhere. No. Revelation 20 verse 9. Let's always have the Bible give us the answers. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. Many souls say, or excuse me, many people say that souls never die. But what does God say? Ezekiel 18 verse 20, the soul who sins shall die. That's clear. At the end of the millennium, the holy city, New Jerusalem with all the saints, comes down from heaven and settles on the Mount of Olives. The wicked of all ages are resurrected and Satan leads them in a dramatic attempt to capture the city and God's throne. And just as he rallies his armies and generals, the fire comes down from God out of heaven. This is the hellfire spoken of in the Bible that consumes the wicked. Revelation 20 verse 9, And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. When sinners are devoured in the fire, they are put out of existence. You see, once the wicked graves open, the fire that comes down makes this earth's surface a lake of fire and completely destroys the wicked. Then the meek shall inherit a purified, beautiful new earth. Sin is permanently gone forever. God is not unmercifully punishing wicked people in the fire right now, Absolutely not. The description of the fire in 2 Peter 3.10 says, The elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Hellfire will cover the entire earth as everything on the face of the planet will be burned up. Malachi 4.1 describes hellfire this way, For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, and all the proud, yes, all who do wickedly, will be stubble. And the day which is coming shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts, that will leave them neither root nor branch. Okay, hot as an oven, all those that chose Satan's evil ways will be turned to stubble like dry tinder. This fire will burn them up, The little word up denotes completion, 100%. The fire from God does its work, destroys the wicked, and they are no more. Otherwise, sin would continue to spread like a cancer and jeopardize the entire universe. You see, if I hang on to my sin, I will have to be destroyed with it. God cannot permit permit sin to be eternal. Think about it. If there was eternal torment, it would keep sin around forever. All former things are gone. No exception is made to keep hell burning somewhere in God's universe. God's plan is to completely rid the universe of evil. An eternal burning hell would perpetuate sin and evil, a constant reminder of pain and sadness, and quite frankly, it would keep Satan alive. In the cleansing flames, the wicked are at last destroyed, root and branch. Satan the root, his followers the branches. Evil is forever ended. Isaiah forty-seven fourteen: Behold, they shall be as stubble. The fire shall burn them. They shall not deliver themselves from the power of the flame. It shall not be a coal to be warmed by, nor a fire to sit before. Nobody can escape God's fire, but when every evil thing is burned up, the fire goes out, and not even a coal is left glowing. That's God's mercy. The fire goes out. Malachi 4, verse 3. You shall trample the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet, On the day that I do this, says the Lord of hosts. Friends, let me pause here. Remember, you can avoid all of this because you still have time to choose God's way and be inside the city gates. You are not doomed to hell. You have the choice of eternal paradise. Take it. King David in the Psalms says that the wicked will not be found, no matter how diligently one may search for them. Psalms 37, 10, and 20. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall be no more. Indeed, you will look carefully for his place, but it shall be no more. Verse 20. But the wicked shall perish, and the enemies of the Lord, like the splendor of the meadows, shall vanish into smoke, they shall vanish away. So the wicked will not be found because in flames of fire they went up in smoke. We can plainly see that the man-made belief portraying the wicked screaming for mercy somewhere in hell is a lie. Scripture says they are turned to ash and disappear forever in a wisp of smoke. Then it's all over, forever, done. When the devil is placed in the fire mentioned in Revelation 20, verse 10, the devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are. What exactly happens to Satan? Ezekiel 28, 18 and 19 tells us, By the multitude of your iniquities, meaning sins, by the iniquity of your trading, your dealings, Therefore I brought fire from your midst, it devoured you, and I turned you to ashes upon the earth. All who knew you among the peoples are astonished at you. You have become a horror and shall be no more forever. The wages of sin are permanent death, not eternal eternal torment as Satan would have us to believe. You see, Satan wants to discredit the character of God. And cause us to be afraid of God. Therefore, he continues to spread lies. Like in the 1400s, when the Roman pagan invention of purgatory was adopted into the Roman Catholic Church to terrify superstitious multitudes, by this heresy, the existence of a place of torment is promoted. Undying souls are in limbo somehow, here to suffer torture for their sins. When freed from impurity, then, only then, they are admitted admitted to heaven. It is believed that the payment of money to the Roman Catholic Church system might release them from these flames. A popular book by Jonathan Edwards titled, Sinners in the Hand of an Angry God, Views God as the puppet master who has a grand plan for humanity. He believes that any moment, on a whim, an angry God above may destroy us. He provides gruesome details of a God holding the sinner over the fiery pit of hell. And at any moment, he might let go and the sinner would drop into fiery flames He says, God holds you over the pit of hell like some loathsome insect over the fire. He abhors you. His man-made concept was popularized in 1741 while pastoring in Connecticut. His ideology is still used in religious academic studies. This is a doctrine of devils traced back to the Dark Ages where pagan beliefs found their way into the church. It became very advantageous because they found that fear is a powerful mechanism. You can motivate and increase offerings by fear with the false doctrines of indulgences. Many churches keep their pews packed by fear. Friends, as we read our Bible, we see that the God in heaven is not like this. Instead, he's all about love, mercy, Peace, not fear. Satan misrepresents God. What a tragedy that Jesus is credited with the teaching of eternal torment when he taught something entirely different. Could you stand to see your child burn for even one hour for a terrible crime? If your child disobeys, you would not dream of spanking them nonstop for a year, a month, a week, or even one hour. Yet men accuse our loving God, the Father, of burning his disobedient children for eternity. Eternal torment is not a biblical doctrine, but a lie. Let me quote a guy who teaches a disturbing idea that the nonstop burning of the wicked will somehow bring joy to the saints throughout all of eternity. Dr. Samuel Hopkins authored this. The sight of hell torments, will exalt the happiness of the saints forever. When they see others who are of the same nature and born under the same circumstances, plunged in such misery, it will make them sensible of how happy they are. Hmm, what? That would not make me happy. Where in God's word is such teachings found? Will the redeemed in heaven lose their emotions of pity and compassion or even feelings of common humanity? Does God delight in torment? No way. Ezekiel 33 verse 11 says, As I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live God says, turn, turn from your evil ways, for why should you die, O house of Israel? The doctrine that the wicked dead are tormented forever in flames of torture is inconsistent with the character of God who demonstrated infinite love for you and me in the sacrifice of His Son, Jesus. Sadly, many people have misunderstood these concepts and completely reject God as a result of these lies. This is Satan's plan. Let's not be fooled or fool ourselves. God has given in His Word decisive evidence that He will punish those who break His law. Those who flatter themselves that God is too merciful to execute justice to the sinner have only to look to the cross of Calvary. The death of innocent Jesus testifies that the wages of sin is death that every violation of God's law must receive payment. Christ the sinless became sin for man. In no other way could man be freed from the penalty of sin. God's desire for you and me is that we be eternally saved, but it is completely our choice. The Lord will by no means clear the guilty. It is because God is loving that justice is a must. God's justice is based upon the free will choices people make after being fully informed. It would be unfair to impose a lifestyle upon a person opposite to the one He has chosen. God loves us enough to permit us freedom to choose the lifestyle we prefer. God's justice simply insists that we receive what we have chosen with all its consequences. Those who choose sin choose death, and God will cry out, How can I give you up? What more could I have done than what I did? It will be the most horrible moment heaven has experienced when God's disobedient children must be destroyed because they refused His love. Those who refuse to follow Jesus here on earth would be miserable in heaven, a place where only holiness exists. God wants every person in heaven. Not one person needs to be lost. There isn't one person that isn't worthy of forgiveness. Heaven is open for you, friend. You still have time to choose eternity in paradise. No matter what you have done in your past, Jesus has more than enough mercy to cover you. Just surrender to his love. This makes me think about a man we will call the ox. It's an AWR miracle story. Pastor Bourgeon is one of our AWR broadcasters. Recently he received a phone call with a very quiet voice on the other end. It whispered, I only have two minutes. Is this the pastor who sends the audio messages of hope? The pastor replied, yes. Well, listen carefully and don't say anything the man proceeded to tell the pastor that he was the commander in a well-organized anti-government force that has been creating chaos and terror for many years. I've been listening to the audio messages and I have many questions. Would you be willing to meet with me? I will personally guarantee your safety, he said. Pastor Brojean was astonished. He swallowed hard and agreed to meet this general the pastor offered a prayer for wisdom and protection as he entered the room where this tall, powerful man stood. He immediately realized why they call him the ox. He was an ox of a man. His face was deeply lined by a life of hate and crime. And now at retirement age, he had been in this organization since he was 17 years old. And after a few pointed questions to verify that he was indeed Pastor Bourgeon, the commander began to speak with a quiet voice of authority. I have never been a religious person, and I have lived an active life of crime. For most of my adult life, I have been unable to sleep much at night. All I do is replay in my mind the things that I have done. I am not a good man. For the next two hours, this powerful man confessed crime after crime After crime. Despite all this, when I began to receive the audio messages, I knew for the first time in my life that God is real. Because as I listened, I had a strange sense of peace and of God's presence. I now sleep much better at night. But I would like you to pray for me. I simply can't believe that God could fully forgive me. Pastor Bourgeon said, yes, you have done terrible things, but God's grace is greater than all our sins combined. He is able and willing to forgive you if you ask him. He died for you even before you were born, before you committed your first crime. They spoke into the wee hours of the morning as the general asked questions and received answers from God's word. A few weeks passed and pastor bourgeon received another strange call. Do you remember the man you spoke with the last night you were here? And pastor bourgeon was evasive, not knowing who was calling. But the man continued, I'm talking about the man who said he didn't know if god could forgive him. Well, he now believes god has forgiven him and wants to be baptized hallelujah this man chose god's way and recently did accept jesus as his personal savior in baptism heaven is open for all just like the ox the record of your life can be cleaned just ask isn't it wonderful to know that during the millennium all questions will be answered and god's character will be vindicated there may be those of you Uh, those you thought would not be in heaven that are, and some you expected to be there and are not. The heavenly records will be open for all to see how many times the Holy Spirit pled and pursued and wooed only to be rejected. You will see that when they were given the light, they refused to follow it. The opposite scenario will also happen with a person that we didn't expect to be in heaven. Uh, Imagine when Stephen, who was stoned by Paul in Acts 7, when he meets the eyes of Paul, his persecutor. The books will show Stephen how Paul repented and became a great evangelist. The entire history of the world will be on display before all eyes to see. Our mighty God is so merciful that he permits Satan to wander a deserted planet for a thousand years. Satan will have time to review and think over all the evil he has done. This is also the time the whole universe, including us, will see the results of sin on our planet. Absolute desolation. Forevermore, there will be no more questions as to what sin has done. After the thousand years the holy city descends made of gold transparent like glass and rests on the Mount of Olives. Once that happens, the wicked who died are raised and one last time to witness all that they have rejected. Satan rounds up armies for his finale, his last big hurrah. Satan knows these are his final moments because he too knows Bible prophecy. Can you imagine what the army will look like? Because remember, the wicked are not made new and given perfect immortal bodies. How they win down into the grave is exactly how they come back out. This will be quite a scene. At this time, all the righteous will be assured that God's decisions have been just because all the wicked still make the same choice for evil. Their hearts have not changed. They charge the holy city as their last act of sin to try to take overtake God's throne. Because our God is faithful and does not change, he keeps his promise that sin will never rise again. And how can God keep this promise? All sin must be destroyed. God is like a burning fire. Sin cannot exist in God's glory. Therefore, the fire burns up sin in God's mercy. Since God promised there would be, never be another world flood, this time he uses fire to cleanse the earth. How merciful, because fire consumes quickly. It burns like a match, it burns up completely, then extingu- extinguishes forever, as it will be on this earth's final pages, only ashes remain under our feet. Isn't it amazing that in the millennium, we actually judge God's judgment. Think about that for a moment. The God who created the entire universe wants your relationship with him to be on such a level that he is willing to spend a thousand years making sure all questions are answered. Can you picture in your mind sitting down with God and asking him about a particular subject or event in your life? Friend, that is a God we can trust. Right now, in this moment, would you like to say to him, I know I can trust you, Lord. I want to be in a forever relationship with you. If that is your desire, just click below and let us know that you want to be in an eternal friendship with God but I also want to give you an opportunity to make an even deeper commitment. Some of you are looking for a fresh start and have been asking about how to have a new beginning and you'd like to explore baptism. Click below and let us know and we will have someone contact you about it. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for a special blessing on each listener tonight. You know each heartache each struggle, you care deeply for each one. I pray for those that are in the valley of decision on whether to choose you fully and walk in your footsteps. I pray that each will experience the love for truth and gladly serve Jesus for the rest of their lives. In Jesus' precious, powerful name, amen. Thank you for spending this time with me. Meet me back here tomorrow night for the mark. Yes, the mark of the beast on Unlocking Bible Prophecies. Choose God's way. Good night, friends.